Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen to the Word of the Lord. For you've already heard it once today. Listen again and let it drop into your spirit. Don't carry about the weight of this world. Don't carry about the anxiety, the stress, that which you think may be coming, that which is in manifestation, and that which you may be suffering from in the past. No, obey the Scripture. Roll it all over on the Lord. Roll it with your mind. Roll it with your words. Roll it with your worship as you glorify and magnify the one who has set you free. Do not allow your adversary entrance, but at every point, in every place of your life and being, set up a watch, set up a standard. No, I will not entertain that feeling. No, I will not entertain those words. No, I will not entertain that which I've heard or seen. But I will keep my mind fixed upon the Lord. And the rest of the Lord shall be in me. And His peace shall overwhelm me. And I shall stand upon His promises and His word. And there shall be rejoicing in my mouth. And I shall glorify His name. And as you do, you shall see that I will give you peace and rest like you've never had. I will cause a refreshing to come upon you as a cool wind after a hot day, as refreshing water flowing from the spring of a living God that loves and cares for you. So this day, make a decision. I will not carry it any longer. I let it go. I shake it off. I unload it right here. I unload it right now. And I walk in the blessings of my Father. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4. Now, this, this, this thing about being under the influence and the intentions of God and, and your perspective and, and, and being fully persuaded, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger on the inside of me. And every place I turn to in the Bible now, I begin to see its relevance to the Word of God. Now, first of all, the intention of God for you is life. Everybody say life. God wants you to live. And He wants you to have... Listen, I have found this out. And I thank God I can stand after 35 years and testify to this. God has an intention for your life so far beyond your own imagination. It's incredible what God has for you. And you've got to be bold enough to, to, to go out there and discover it and not, not, not let the, uh, the sense of failure uh, hold you back. Because here's the thing. In pursuing the intention or the will of God for your life, did you know what will happen? You'll fail. You'll fail from time to time. There'll be things in your life that you'll feel like you're a failure. You'll have to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep on going. Amen? That's where the real character of God gets, uh, gets uh, uh, placed on the inside of you. Uh, where we've, we've got our book finished. Uh, uh, you can't shoot a cannon off a rowboat. So we're going to go to the edit stage and, 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 and get that going. But I, I put a lot of things in there that have influenced my character over the years. And one of them was a statement that a, that a, that a surfer made years ago. He rode this wave down in the South Pacific off Tahiti that had never been ridden. And it was this, this you know, it come up out of 6,000 feet of water and hit a three-foot coral reef. 
And so you can imagine the intensity and the power of the whole ocean folding at one time. Well, this guy, I mean, he'd prepared himself his whole life to do it. And, and they towed him in on a, on, a, on a jet ski and he let go of the rope and fell into this huge cavern of water and it spun around him and he made it out. And when he made it out, the, the whole place just went nuts. I mean, there was 40 or 50 boats around there were watching. It was being documented on film. And the, uh, the, 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 the interviewer, the commentator asked him why you risked your life, you risked your life to do this. Why did you do it? And he made this statement. He said, I would rather do it and fail than not to do it and to wonder if I ever could have. To live my whole life wondering, could I have ever done that? You know, serving God's that way. And here's the thing about failure in the kingdom. God is right there to pick you up. And if you fall, just make sure you fall forward. You say, why is that? Because then you get up in front of where you fell from. Amen. Chapter 4 of the book of Romans. Verse 1, chapter 4 of the book of Romans. We're going to go back and look at Abraham just a little bit. This is, this is powerful. Chapter 4, verse 1. What shall we say then that Abraham... Now notice this. Calls Abraham our father. Our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath wherefore to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Now notice this. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. Now I know that kind of says a lot there and we're going to look at it in another translation here to help you understand it. Now when man created, when God created man and put man upon the earth... Man existed in a state of innocence. That innocence was violated. And when that innocence was violated by the sin in which man committed, spiritual death came into humanity. And humanity, the human family, became a cursed family. Amen. You say, now how, do you, how, how can you say that? It's cursed with sickness, cursed with disease, and the number one thing it's cursed with is death. Now we've said this before. It's not natural to die. God did not create the human family to die. Dying now is a process. There are three types of death. Number one, spiritual death, which every one of us were born into when we were born into the human family. There was a time in which we were, we were uh, uh, innocent, but the Bible says sin revives. And when sin revives, we die. These, these little babies that are, that, are, uh, that are born. We just had a, a little, uh, I guess I'm a great uncle now. Papa's a great grandfather. Uh, Natalie had her, had her baby this week. Uh, when Friday, Friday night, Saturday morning. That, listen, that little baby is innocent. And will remain in a state of innocence till it is old enough to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And when a person begins to recognize the difference between right and wrong, it always chooses wrong because that's its nature. It's nature coming from the fall of humanity. Amen? Then God began to look for people. I don't know how he found Abraham. I don't know if he had talked to a lot of people or a few people. But Abraham responded to him. Genesis chapter 12, if you want to read the account. Now, he began to reveal unto Abraham his intentions. You say, what do you mean, mean is it? Well, in the garden, his intentions were not for man to be created and to go into spiritual death and to have physical death and to go into eternal. That was not God's intentions. 
Amen. Let me just say this also. The way the world is right now is not God's intention. Let me say that again. The way the world is right now is not God's intention. Thank God we're born again. Thank God we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank God we got some knowledge of the Word of God. But God's intention is being played out through us. Amen? Now, in Abraham, Abram, he started out Abram. God changed his name to Abraham. In Abraham, God found a man that, number one, would listen to him. And not only that, be bold enough to declare, God's talking to me, I'm going to obey him. Well, that was rare in those days. Actually, I don't see anybody else in the Bible. We know there was a man named Melchizedek who was a priest upon the earth, and we don't understand everything about him. But as far as that goes, with him being aside, as far as everything else goes, Abraham's the only guy communicating with God. Now, as he begins to obey God, and as he begins to do what God tells him to do, now here's what the Scripture talks about. If Abraham were justified by works, he could say, look at me. Look what I've done, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Now listen to this. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Let me read in the Amplified. Verse 3 and 4. It says, For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted in God. Now listen to this. And it was credited to his account as righteousness, right living and right standing with God. Did you get that? Next verse says, now to, now to a laborer, his wages are not counted as a favor or a gift, but as an obligation, something owed him. Now, all of humanity had fallen into sin. There was no righteousness upon the earth. Amen. Now here comes this guy Abram and God changes his name to Abraham and he begins to obey God and God says, your obedience, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fast forward you about 2,200 years and by credit, I'm going to give you righteousness. Amen? Now here's our issue, here's our problem. We hear the word righteousness, 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 righteousness. Okay, you're talking about righteousness again. Okay, right. We really need to understand what that means to have right standing with God, to have righteousness with God. Listen, that removes all of the intimidation, that removes all of the inferiority, that removes, listen, all of the mistakes you've made, everything that would be in you that says, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. You know, Christianity, a lot of Christianity, that's just how they, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, we're not worthy, we're just old sinners. Listen, that's totally against righteousness. God gave Abraham righteousness by credit. Now, we looked a couple of weeks ago where the Bible says that God preached the gospel unto Abraham, looking, God showing that God would bring into humanity right standing with God. Now, we talked about Adam and the woman in the garden were what? They were innocent, and as long as they were obedient, they had right standing with God. Amen? God came down in the cool of the day. He talked with them. He walked with them. He communed with them. He gave them the garden. He gave them the trees. But the moment they sinned, their innocence was removed and they lost their righteousness. And when their righteousness was removed, the intention of God for their life was removed also. 
I'm going to give you a good opportunity to shout in just a moment. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He that knew no sin was made sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The day you got born again, a new intention for your life and living came into your life. Amen. Amen. You have right standing. Not, not listen, not by anything you've done, not by your own holiness, not by any acts you perform. You got in on what Jesus did. Amen. The credit that Abraham received way back 2,200 years before crucifixion was what? Credited to the account of Jesus. He got his righteousness. So he starts doing what? Now here's the key. He starts coming under the influence of that righteousness. That is why God in Christ Jesus has imparted unto us right standing with Him so that He can bring a godly influence into our life. Uh, let, let me try that again. That is why God in Christ Jesus has imparted unto us righteousness because a new intention for living on the earth has come and He wants you coming under the influence of His righteousness. Which means there should be things you do not do, things you do not say, places you do not go, things you do not put into your body. You say, well, because I've got right standing with God. I'm one with Christ. I can't go there. I can't do that. I can't put that into my body. I can't listen to those things. I can't watch those things. I can't do that. And it's not a do and don't situation. It's a right standing with God situation. I like to call it, uh, uh, how did I used to say it? We get to. You say, what do you mean you get to? Well, I didn't have to come to church today. I got to. I didn't have to sing with the praise team. I got to. Amen. And then when it comes to sin, I do as much as I want to. I sin as much as I want to. Did you know that? Smoked as much dope yesterday as I want to. Went to as many pornographic movies as I wanted to yesterday. Say, how many did you go to? Didn't go to any. Didn't want to. Didn't smoke any dope yesterday. Say, why not? Don't want to. Because literally what righteousness does is it reaches in to the human soul and makes an adjustment on the want-to side. Next thing you know, you start finding yourself wanting to do things you never used to want to do, going places to you places you never used to want to go, doing things you never used to want to do. You say, why? Because there's a new intention for your life. Righteousness has come in, and God's saying, I want you under the influence of being in right standing with the Creator of the universe, with God Almighty, in whom there is nothing impossible. I want you and I to be in right standing, and that's not just a right standing like you you're okay with your next door neighbor. It's right standing like this. I am your heavenly father and you're my child on the earth. You talk about right standing with God. Oh my God. And Abraham recognized or realized that way back in the day. Now notice this. This is this. I started studying this. I started getting excited. Hallelujah. Go all the way back down to verse 16. Verse 16 says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace 
to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Now see, you're part of the seed of Abraham in Christ and through Jesus. Are you with me? It says, uh, 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 not, not of that only, which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things that be not as though they were. Now, this is speaking of Abraham and how God's dealing with him in God being a God that calls those things that be not as though they are. Everybody say, be not as though they are. Say it again, be not as though they are. Not in some state of denying, hoping that the things that are one day become the things that be not. So you do what? As a believer in following the faith of our father of faith, Abraham, you've got to be an individual that calls those things that be not as though they are. That is part of being under the influence of righteousness. See, when you're out here begging God to do, Lord, please help me. I'm suffering so bad. I'll tell you, I hurt somebody. Please do. That, you're not, you're not, that's not faith. Lord, I, I need $150. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's not faith. Amen. What do you do? You call. Everybody say call. call. I said you call. call. I said you call, call those things that be not as though they are. That is a proof or a, or a manifestation of your righteousness being under the influence of right standing with God and you operating under a new intention in the earth. Amen. Do you get that? I got a Labrador named Cookie. She's going to be 10, 10 years old on, on, in July. We're going to have a dog party for her. Now, Cookie's a lot more trained than our other two weenie dogs. She's trained to, to duck hunt, and so she's, I, I did a lot of training with Cookie. And when I call Cookie, Cookie comes to me. And the time she really likes to come is when it's food time. She's a, she's a, she's a food dog. She likes food. And so I can have the food down. Now, she may be out in the backyard playing or in the pool swimming, you know, the Labradors are, and, uh, or doing something. But if I call her, she comes. Amen. Amen. I may not see her. She not, might not be anywhere within my, my peripheral vision in any way. But I know all I've got to do is call, and she comes. Now, the Word of God does the same thing. Once you come under the influence of righteousness and the intention of... Now, here's the thing. People pray prayers. They believe God. They get enough faith to get themselves in trouble. And then they begin to believe God. Then they begin to ask themselves questions like, why isn't anything happening? Why isn't anything happening? Right there, you have fallen into a trap. You've fallen into a trap. Because what the devil has used is what you believe in activity on God's part as a way of distracting you from the true purpose of not what God's supposed to be doing, but of what you're supposed to be doing. So you're coming under the influence of something else. And that's where the enemy many times gets into believers and causes them to come under an influence is right there when they say, well, you know, ain't nothing going on. God's not doing anything. I'm telling you, you need to just, you need to just forget all that faith stuff. Quit going to that church. Quit reading your Bible because all that stuff's pie in the sky. If God wants to do something for you, he's big enough to just do it. Well, that's not the case. 
And, and if God responded to needs, we wouldn't have any needs. For whatever reason, justice dictates that the just shall live how? By faith. And I'm telling you, the devil and a lot of religion and a lot of people have fought and fought and fought and fought what they call the, quote, faith message. But there is no faith message. There is a faith lifestyle that God demands out of every believer. Sometimes it's a fight. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes God shows up suddenly. But if you will stay under the influence of righteousness and allow the intention of God to be preeminent in your mind, in your heart, I guarantee you, you'll see time after time after time after time in which God will show up in your life. Amen. And then you got to do some calling. You say, what do you mean? If you feel sick in your body, you got to call. Amen. Amen. We, uh, I got, for some reason, got overheated on Friday, man. I, no, I went and worked out the gym. It was, I think I, they said on the island, the heat um, index was 108 here. I believe it. Man, I was soaked all the way through. Then we had to go up to Houston. We had an errand to run. And then uh, we wanted to go eat. I wanted to go one place. Leah and Brinley wanted to go another place. So, you know, being the tight family we are, they went one place. I went another place. <laughs> I should have went with them. I should have went with them. So they came home and they got, they got ready and took off to, to go up to the hospital to be with the family. And I, man, I just, I just, I didn't feel good in any way at all. So I just went to bed. And I woke up about two hours later and I know, I know, because I've had it happen before. I've traveled enough and have it ha had it happen many times. I know when Sal comes to visit. You say, who is Sal? Sal Manila. Man, that tight pain in your gut. Oh, man. You feel like you want to just throw up. You just like, and I thought to myself, no, 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 no. So I begin to call. I said, I begin to call. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I've got to come. You say, why were you doing that? I'm under the influence of something. God has an intention for me, and it's not to have food poisoning. So I begin to call. Thank you, Father. Thank you that by His stripes I'm healed. That the law of the Spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. And I begin to worship God and I fell back to sleep. Amen. And I woke up about two hours later. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. And so I, you know, I called Leah to find out what was going on up there. And it was still there. So I begin to call again. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. You said, well, you should have got up and went to, 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 to emergency care. No, I'm under the influence of something else. Righteousness says call, call, call those things that be not as though they were. And when I woke up at about 8 o'clock in the morning, I was fine. Amen. Had to fight it off twice. Amen. And I knew when I bit that roast beef sandwich with that funky mustard on it. Well, that's as far as we need to go with that. Now, here we go. The next verse, verse, uh, verse 18. Now this is Abraham, speaking of Abraham. He caused those things that be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations according to that. Now here's the key. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Listen, you can't afford to get off on the, on the peripheral of, of, of that which has not been spoken by God. Listen, if that's where it's been spoken, that's where you stay. And if you got to stay there a week, if you got to stay there a month, if you got to stay there for years, you have to stay within the boundaries of that which was written. Amen. 
You got to live within those boundaries. That's why you got to confess that word every day. You got to stand on that word. You need to pray in the spirit. You need to do all the spiritual things because once you begin to realize that I have the righteousness of God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, you come under the influence of that right standing with God and then you begin to realize God's got another intention. I mean, have you ever had food poisoning before? I've had it before and I've had its full manifestation. But see, I've been studying this, and as I woke up Friday morning into Saturday, I thought to myself, this ain't the intention of God. This is not the intention of God for me. This is not the will of God for me. This is not what God wants for me. See, I was under the influence of something else. Now this says, notice what it says again. It says, who against hope believed in hope. This is where a lot of people, they have hope failures. Because there's two kinds of hope. Just like there's two kinds of faith, there's two kinds of hope. There's human hope, which is always mixed with the element of doubt and unbelief. Uh, we got up this morning, was looking at the weather because they were saying something about a weather, having some rain and stuff tonight. And it showed uh, uh, north, uh, northwest of Denver, Colorado, that it snowed eight inches yesterday. Showed all these people out there snowboarding and skiing. Well, I hope it snows here this afternoon. Can you hear any doubt in that? That's human hope right there. And a lot of people think that human hope is spiritual. Human hope is not spiritual, it's soulish. But spiritual, the Bible says Abraham, what? Hoped against hope. That means he looked at natural hope which said, you can't have kids, you're too old, Sarah's too old. But God had said... But there was righteousness involved. There was an intention of God. He was under the influence. Verse 19. Now this, this gets even stronger. But being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promises of God through, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, Giving glory to God. Now let me tell you, let me tell you what this is. In, in earth standards, let me tell you what this is. You ready? This is nuts. This is what the earth calls crazy. This is what the devil does not want going on. He doesn't want some old man and some old woman and whose the old man changed his name from chief shepherd to the father of many nations. He doesn't want Sarah continuing to keep that nursery operating in her tent. They're so old, they're too old. Amen? Come on, church. The time is said you can't do it. Everything is said it's not going to happen. All that stuff about seed and and righteousness being credited. and, And what have you been under the influence of all these years? What are you doing, Abraham? Have you lost your mind? Yes, thank God he did. He lost his mind and he got the mind of Christ, the intent of Christ, the will of God, and he came so under the influence of that that even in the latter part of his life when his body told him, time told him, everything else told him, there's no way you're going to get Isaac, he kept hoping. He kept expecting. He kept believing. You say, why? Because you cannot do that as a human being. You cannot do that with willpower. But when God imparts His Word into your heart, I'm telling you, it does not matter how long the clock runs, how many pages fall out of the calendar. It does not matter. You can stand strong in faith, giving glory to God. 
So, now listen to this, because sometimes we don't pick it apart like this. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Now, this is what made him a nut. I like being a nut. I'm a salty nut. Amen? This is what made him a nut. He kept giving glory to God. That means he kept running around, shouting, dancing, laughing, rolling on the floor, coming to the meetings, glorifying God. Amen? And everybody can see. That guy's too old. Oh, come on, man. This guy, listen, this guy's 100 years old. Him and, him and, him and, every time him and Sarah come into the meeting, she comes in with that little thing pinned on her, pinned on her lapel that, you know, like the, the moms wear at the hospital and stuff like that. She keeps thinking she's going to have a baby. She's not going to have no baby. She's an old woman. He's an old man. Did you know he calls himself the father of many nations? Well, he can't even, he can't even, he can't even birth a family, much less a nation. People talk back then just like they do today. <laughs> Amen? And, and here he is talking about in his seed, the whole earth's going to be blessed. Well, he, he don't know nothing. He don't know. And then, and then when the Spirit of God gets to him, he's the first one that starts shouting. He's the first one that starts dancing. He's the first one that starts giving glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I can't wait till Isaac gets here. I can't wait to hold him in my arms. I can't wait till we get to go on a fishing trip together. I can't wait till he starts playing baseball. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. It won't be long now. See, the world thinks those kind of people are crazy. Amen? But now go down to the next verse. Here's why he was like that. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Now let me say that again. This guy is fully persuaded. Listen, somebody said one time, well, what if I'm fully persuaded of healing and I die? You get to go to heaven. Amen. <laughs> Amen? He got to the point where not circumstances, not situations, not his wealth, not his right standing, it was the Word of God that fully persuaded him of his righteousness, of God's intent, and he came under the influence of that. He became fully persuaded, and when he became fully persuaded, what happened? God performed. Listen, God is not holding back performances. I said, God is not holding back performances. He's waiting for the process to run its course in our lives so that we come to the place of full persuasion. We can either accelerate that or we can decelerate that. You say, what do you mean by that? There are things you can do to accelerate that process. I do it all the time. Listen, there's people in this city that think those people are crazy. They're out of their mind. They think they're going to build a five to seven million dollar building out on that piece of property. Well, one, one, one good thing is we got the testimony of having the land and paying cash for it. Amen. Secondly, all we did was move a little dirt around. Amen. Broke up a little concrete and the place went nuts. I got phone call after phone call after phone call. And then the devil, he got on his high horse and said, how many buyers trying to buy the land? One guy wanted to offer us $22,000 for the land. I told him, I'd beat you up for $22,000. <laughs> I 
Amen. But every day, every day I speak over that land. Every day I thank God for that building. Every day I see with my spiritual eyes Bible school, missionaries going out to the world, the church rising up, affecting Galveston Island, Galveston County, all the area around it. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings, manifestations of the wealth of God, the blessings of God, all the goodness of God. I don't doubt, I am fully persuaded that what God has promised, He is also able to perform. You say, why hasn't He performed it yet? Because we're getting close to that place of full persuasion. You got to do that in your personal life too. You got to keep feeding, feeding, feeding your faith, feeding your, starving your doubt, starving your unbelief, feeding your faith, feeding your faith, feeding your faith, doing what you know to do and then what you don't know to do, the Holy Ghost is going to give you an insight on what to do. And in your obedience and in your full persuasion, one day God's going to step into it and He's going to perform. And everybody's going to know it's God. Everybody say, that's God. Now that's God. Now that's God. Now, real quick, according to the words we've been using, let's look at this and I'll close. My time's up. Abraham believed God and God gave him a credit card that said righteousness on it. So now he's got right standing with God. That gives you all kinds of rights and privileges. Prayer, intercession, healing, prosperity. I mean, you got, well, you got righteousness, you got right standing with God. He comes under the influence of God's intention for his life. My intention is not for you to be a chief shepherd. Not to just have the biggest sheep business here in this desert. My intention for you is to be a father of many nations. So he got rid of the high shepherd, chief shepherd mentality and he picked up the mentality of I'm a father of many nations. Amen. You say, what did that do? That changed his perspective. Amen. That changed his perspective. And I'm telling you, one day, now everybody stay in church with me. This is how it happened. One day, he stepped over into the place of full persuasion. It's actually documented in the Bible. He did. He stepped over into the place of full persuasion. And when he did, you know what he did? He looked over at Sarah. That's what he did. Isaac was not immaculately conceived. (laughs) That means an old man and an old woman without order signs hanging on their bodies. Everybody on the front row is blushing. Come on, that's what happened. Not an angel was involved in it. Sarah laughed. Then she tried to hide her laugh. Oh, I didn't laugh. I know. He said, I heard you laugh. How many know what Isaac means? It means laughter. And I guarantee you, when Abraham looked over at Sarah in full persuasion, she probably started laughing. And Abraham said, And the full persuasion process took place. And the father of many nations became the father of many nations. Not according to the reproductive activity of the human family, but according to that which was written. (coughs) 
I better stop here. If I don't, we'll go to 4 o'clock in the morning. I tell you, stuff's growing on the inside of me. You say, why? God had to work with this man. Thank God he found somebody he could work with. Of all the human family that was on the earth in that cursed condition, Abraham heard God. God dealt with his eyes. He showed him the stars. He showed him the dust. He changed his name. He got him into blood covenant. He fought wars. He gave him success. He gave him wealth beyond imagination, silver, gold, cattle, sheep. But the whole purpose of the thing, the whole intention of the thing, we've got to get the next, we've got to take that next step toward my intention for the human family, which is redemption. I don't want a bunch of innocent kids running around on the earth. I want righteous kids. Because in their innocence, they can get themselves in trouble. But if they've got righteousness, I can give them my authority. I can give them my word. I can give them my power. And I can give them access to me to come boldly to the throne of grace anytime they have a need. They can commune with me. They can worship with me. You say, why? Because they have right standing with me. Amen? Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning that we are a group of people, a church in the earth, in which the full persuasion process is taking place. Thank you for a change in our perspective. Thank you that we can be under the influence of your word and your spirit, your life and your power. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost working with the Word of God will cause us to be able to call those things that be not as though they are. We call ourselves healed. We call ourselves blessed. We call that church built. We call the goodness of God into every family and person in Island Church. Father, thank you for today, for your blessing upon us. For all these that have come, we're so thankful, Lord. Fathers, we always do as is our tradition. We thank you, Father, for protection and for safety. We declare over all the congregation, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So, fathers, we travel in the seaways, the highways, the airways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. We thank you that we are the protected of God. In the righteous labor of our hands, we've got men and women that work out on the water, men and women up in the medical branch, men and women in the oil patch, those that work in construction, those that work in the law offices and education, everywhere else, everything else. We thank you that we are not subject to the evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father. We worship you and thank you for it. Lord, and more than that, we thank you for a door of utterance outside the four walls of this church. Let us be a blessing to people. Let us be an answer to their prayer. Let us be a problem to the adversary. Let the words of God and the anointing of God be upon our lips so as we go forth, we bring life to a world full of death. Thank you, Father, for all your love, your faithfulness, your kindness, your mercy toward us. Thank you for our church, Lord. We walk in love one toward another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.